Hey, hey guys. guys, welcome to our Tuesday recording for Just For Girls. Our big long episode. Yeah, today we're doing a little bit of a different episode. We yeah. have someone coming in. Her name is Sammy Rose and she is a body positivity she works with anxiety, binge eating, eating disorders. A bit more of an informative episode for you girls. I know yeah. that we needed the advice as well. So. Yeah. We definitely spoke a little bit on our personal experiences. We got some advice to how to challenge your thoughts, how to be there for a friend and all of that. But we wanted to put a little disclaimer and just put it out there now. If, if you're struggling with anything, please, you don't have to listen to this episode if it's going to trigger you. If you're struggling yourself, there is so many online resources that we will link down below as well as a link to Lifeline. If you're struggling, please reach out and know that you're not alone. But we do think this one's going to be a goodie for a lot of you girls and boys out there. So if you're wanting to stay, please enjoy the episode. But if you feel like you might be a little bit sensitive to this topic, please don't feel free to catch us next week. And we'll see you on Thursday for the fun episode. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Today we have a very special guest. We're so excited to introduce you to. Do you want to introduce yourself for us? Sure. Um, my name is Sammy Rose. I am a registered counsellor and body positive personal trainer. Beautiful. I live in Brisbane. So Ooh. it's a nice to see you by Zoom. I wish I could be there in person. It looks like such a fun time over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I work from home counselling and coaching women to help them improve their relationship with food and their bodies and themselves. Love that. We have a young audience and I feel like we have a lot of girls going through high school and especially that formative time when you're going into a woman's body and myself, I have struggled with an eating disorder since I was 14. So we always get questions about body positivity, how to struggle with like people struggling with body image. So we thought we'd bring you along today and you can kind of Give us a bit more Wait. of an informed sort of advice. You know, we try yeah. our best, but we sometimes don't even have the answers to these questions. Like, you know, Sam has struggled with her eating. I'm extraordinarily anxious. Like, I, we don't have the answers on how to solve these issues. So we, we want to hear ourselves. from you. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you always been so confident with all this stuff? Like, just um, something you've grown up with? No. Or? It's definitely something that I struggled with myself for a really, really long time. My background, I guess, in most recent years has been in health and fitness coaching. So I was predominantly doing a lot of like eight-week challenges and working with women on weight loss and all of those things. And I was also struggling with my own kind of stuff at the same time. And really ever since I can remember, you know, I remember struggling with food and disordered eating behaviors from probably around 12. Wow. Um, and I remember even like struggling with my body itself even earlier than that and always comparing to other people. So I've definitely experienced a lot of difficulty with both like food and body image for a really long time. And it wasn't until I almost, I guess, hit breaking point yeah. um, several years ago. I think it was around six years ago now where I was just I'd come off the back of doing like bodybuilding bikini shows for two wow, years wow. straight because um, that was to me, I guess, like what I thought would help me complete the journey of my weight loss and all of this stuff that I was trying to do at the time. 
and I just so you were like away. one extreme to the other like you were yes. really extreme yeah like, and I really went too hard and I had this kind of rude shock in like early 2017 that I was like my body is falling apart here like I feel like a hot mess I need to nap all the time I'm exhausted I'm obsessed with this stuff I need to have a breather I need to stop like dieting and focusing on that stuff for a while was it just mental for you or was it like physical symptoms as well both both so definitely mental in like I could tell I was obsessive there was a lot of anxiety around like having to do things a specific way and if anything changed like if I had planned a meal that night and then someone was like hey let's go to dinner I would like be riddled with anxiety about it because I was like no that's not what I budgeted in my calories yeah. I really just took it too far so then I kind of swung back the other way um, and experienced after under eating for so long, I experienced a lot of binge eating struggles and gained weight quite rapidly in that period. So I went through my own journey of kind of losing 25 kilos and like regaining all of it and having to figure out who I was and what I stood for. And that's why I kind of shifted my business over the past few years to kind of focus more on food and body image because I was just seeing so many clients come through and struggle with the same things that I had previously struggled with and I wanted more tools to help them beyond what I guess a personal trainer is able to do in their scope so that's why I started studying counseling and specifically into eating disorders so I could yeah be a better influence on the people that I really needed to help yeah beautiful would you have any like there's obviously a lot of young girls where sort of they might be teetering on the edge of sort of having an eating disorder. Do you know what I mean? Being around so many young girls where all they're really thinking about is food and that's something they openly speak about at school so much. So would you have any advice for like those young girls that are going through school and kind of us maybe beginning to struggle with eating disorders? Yeah, it's a really hard one because I think especially in school like it feeds mm. off each other if your friends are doing it if yeah. someone's dieting or talking about food like it can be really hard to avoid but I think the biggest thing to remember is that all bodies are different and it's mm. okay that bodies are different and you know going through those super formative years especially sort of early to mid high school years where you're just figuring your shit out <laughs> you know you don't know yeah. who you are yet and you just want to be liked and you think that looking a certain way is what will get you you know friends and boyfriends and all of those kinds of things it's not necessarily the case and to try and change yourself and control your food in order to control your body just to be liked it isn't the answer and I wish that I had known that <laughs> all the way back Completely. Um, and actually just being the kind of person that you like you know being fun having your mind on what you can do this weekend and how you can really enjoy time with your friends instead of obsessing over food you know there's just so many more things that you could be spending your very precious time on yeah I remember like especially around like a big events within school it like say for a formal and like leading up to the formal event or like when you were getting really dressed up in your school I remember like the diet culture and girls talking about what they were going to eat and then on the day no one ate anything and like everyone was like really rigid and like looking the skinniest and the best that they could ever be and that's one thing I really remember from school is like people would eat nothing and then they would drink at night and then they would get plastered and everyone was vomiting and it was like a very toxic cycle at mm. my school when you're in that environment you you know it's wrong and you know you shouldn't do the things that but obviously you're so influenced at that age do you have any tips to talk yourself through 
doing that and not doing what other people are saying. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I think it's a really hard one because sometimes you do actually need to talk to other people about that in order to get the logic behind it because I think it's really Mm. easy to get swept up in that stuff, especially when your friends are doing it and everyone around you is doing it. It's just kind of the culture to do that kind of thing, especially when it comes to skipping meals before drinking in particular. Like we've all done it. We, yeah. I used to have the whole eating is cheating. Like, let's not do it. No, it's so bad yeah. for you. Um, yeah. But when that's what's happening with everyone around you, it can be really hard if you don't want to feel like the odd man out. So I think speaking to someone else about it can be really helpful, whether it's another close friend in the friendship group or someone even totally outside of that. I think it's really important to just go, hey, like, this is how I feel about this particular thing. I don't know if it's right for me. What do I do? And to actually be able to talk that through with someone else can be really helpful. But obviously if there aren't any, you know, adults in your life that you look up to or anything like that, doing it yourself is just really focusing on what's important to me and how can I try and like live my life as close as possible to what I want. And that sometimes might mean that you do have to be the odd person out or you have to do something that is different to what your friends are doing and that can be hard in the moment in high school in particular I think no one wants to feel left out no one wants to be like the weirdo that's not like taking part in everything but you'll be okay if you are right you'll be okay if you're the odd man out if it's something that's really important to you to try and you know be more mindful or look after your body or not get sucked into some of these toxic behaviors but I wish I had a more simple answer for you because it's just a really tough situation to be in. No one wants to be a weirdo, but it's not weird to put yourself first. Does dieting kind of, you know, people always say dieting actually ruins your metabolism and then when you stop, like, you're most likely going to gain all the weight back Mm -hmm. and have a harder time, like, trying to keep weight off if you are a frequent dieter. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously it's not as black and white as, like, Definitely that's going to happen, but it it's very common to have um, what is, I guess, called metabolic downregulation. So your metabolism gets a little slower as your um, body weight decreases, but also when you are in a prolonged period of under eating, essentially, whether it's by a lot, whether it's even by a little bit, your body will slow down to kind of match the energy that's coming in. And if you're doing that for a really long time or repeated ups and downs, your metabolism can slow down to the point where it does each time, make it a little bit harder for you to lose weight, especially if you're losing a big chunk of weight and including muscle in that. So yeah, there are lots of other side effects as well that come from dieting. Like a slower metabolism is definitely one that a lot of people see, especially like the longer and more severe severely you diet but even things that are more on the mental side of things so we can see a huge like mental preoccupation in food and your body so just riddled with thoughts about it and your whole life revolves around it a lot of symptoms of things like anxiety depression like overwhelm can come from that as well just because you're so laser focused on that one thing that it can create a whole lot of really unpleasant kind of mental experiences off the back of that And lots of physical things as well. You know, the more that you're kind of putting your body through the ups and downs of dieting, the more you risk things like um, hormonal damage. So especially with reproductive hormones, if you're significantly under eating, even if you're not at an extremely low body weight, these things can happen. That's not to say that that's always going to happen every single time or that people aren't allowed to want to change their body. Like that's okay. But I think it's just really important to try and focus on 
feeling good and truly looking after your body. And really that's kind of what we all want. Like when we see weight loss at that time that we're kind of swept up in it, it's like I want to lose weight so that I feel confident and I feel good about myself and I, you know, I'm bubbly and, you know, fun to be around and all of those things that we think are going to (laughs) happen from looking a certain way. Like you can do all of those things now too. You can do all of those things without changing your body. Yeah, because I heard this thing where it's like, if you're like wanting to change your body or wanting to lose weight to have a healthy lifestyle is like the mentality that you should adopt instead of like going on this extreme, really strict weight loss diet that's probably not maintainable, where then you will gain the weight back because you haven't changed your lifestyle. You've only just gone this like and cutting everything out and not having any balance that like that's when you become like miserable. So if you're trying to change your lifestyle for a healthier lifestyle, that's the mentality that you should adopt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, and I mean, if people are wanting to lose weight to feel good, but they're doing things to lose weight that feel awful, it kind of doesn't make sense, you know, like all of the things that you have to do when you're on like a strict diet and cutting out all your favorite foods and not being able to socialize and all of those things, even if you do lose weight, but you have to go through that period of just feeling awful in the process, you're likely going to get to the end result and be like, now what? Now I have to stick with doing these things that don't feel good in order to maintain it. And that's not the life that you're actually hoping for. You know, I think a lot of people think I've just got to lose weight and I've just got to do it this once. And then when I get to my goal weight, it'll be so easy to maintain and I can go back to my life and doing all the things I was doing before. Mm. And that's not necessarily the case. And that's definitely what I found in my own kind of journey and getting to my goal weight and being like, shit like this actually doesn't feel good yeah yeah. (laughs) this actually isn't very fun and I feel physically awful as well so it just was a massive realization for me that I hope no one else has to go through so what would you then suggest for people that want to have like a healthy lifestyle or want to make certain like healthy changes what would you suggest on maybe implementing into their everyday life so they can feel better about themselves instead of like living in a toxic cycle of like negativity yeah, good question. Um, I think always focusing on doing things from the lens of self-care is like super duper important. So really focusing on like what is actually best for me if I put weight loss to the side and say what is the best way I can look after my body and, you know, eat good foods to fuel myself and, you know, move my body in a way that feels good. That's kind of the angle that we should ideally come from. And a lot of the time weight loss will come off the back of that just as a natural byproduct. And I think that's when it can be a fine thing, a totally healthy thing that's not detrimental. And that is just things like, okay, what are the positives that I can add to my day in terms of nutrition? Instead of cutting out chocolate and this and that, I'm not allowed to have bread and all of these rules that we often create. It's okay, what are the positives I can add to what I'm already doing? So can I focus on adding more vegetables, adding more fruit? And naturally, when you do that and you focus on what are the positives I can add, it sometimes crowds out the room for the rest of it anyway. So if you're eating so much more fruit and veg, you're likely going to eat less of some of the other things naturally anyway without having to cut anything out because you shouldn't have to cut anything out, whether that's for weight loss or whether that's for health. There's no one food that it's like you eat this and you're automatically unhealthy. And then the same kind of goes for exercise. It's what's a way that I can add some movement that isn't detrimental, that is enjoyable, even if it's not what you think you should be doing. You know, a lot of the times we think, oh, like we have to do this particular kind of workout that I see this girl on Instagram doing, or I've got to run, or I've got to do cardio, or whatever it is. 
you know, any kind of movement is going to be good for your body. And I think it's just about what is actually fun enough for you to show up consistently. Because if you hate it, like it doesn't matter if you have the most perfect training program in the world or you're following exactly what someone else did to get certain results. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to show up consistently enough to do it or you're going to hate every minute of it if you do. And it's not really going to be a very positive experience for you. It's like me with weight training. I've never really been consistent with any kind of exercise in my life. It just doesn't do much for me. Like I want that like lifestyle where I'm able to get up early and I'm able to go for a walk and put a podcast in and like enjoy myself. But to me, I don't find that enjoyable. Mm. And I've tried Pilates, I've tried PT, like all of it. And I end up just back to doing nothing every single time. So do you have any suggestions? Like what are some workouts or fun things that like might be good to try? I mean, it sounds like you've tried a bunch of things, which is good. I think like maybe focusing on like a social element could be helpful for you. So it doesn't feel like a workout. So it could be like group classes or like join, you know, like a fit stop or something like that. See if there are any small ones or even just get a group of girlfriends together and do a little workout together. (laughs) But it doesn't even have to be like exercise right like any kind of movement is helpful so if you can get into the habit of even doing short walks that would be great maybe you would like to every now and then do I don't know like a beach swim or a hike or go yeah. dance on a Friday night you I know? think I just like, to be more active like my downtime and relaxation is me doing like absolutely nothing but I'd like to like be able to model my lifestyle where like going for a nice walk is something I do when I'm like stressed and anxious and want to get out of my head I'll just sit on my couch and watch my favorite show and eat pasta. I want to be able to like, yeah, going on walks is like such a good thing for people with anxiety and it's just not something that I've ever sort of lent towards. So Sometimes it's hard to get in the habit. You yeah, might yeah. like want to try like a more purposeful walk. That's what helped me when I really got out of the habit of walking when we were all in lockdown and everything. I started to like force myself to do it by going, okay, I want a coffee, but instead of driving to coffee, I'm going to walk to a coffee shop and back. Or I need to pick up just like two or three things from Woolies and that's only like a 15-minute walk away. So if I like bring my little backpack, I can put everything in my bag and I'll walk there, get my stuff and walk back. And I think for me, like just getting into the habit of moving, if I was like go for a walk, I'd be like, absolutely the fuck not. I'm going to sit down and just do nothing, right? (laughs) But if I was like, well, I really want a coffee anyway and I can just bribe myself to do it, walk there, pick up my coffee, walk back. That was a good way of just getting back into the groove of things. So, like, it's okay if it's incidental exercise in that way. Like, it doesn't have to be a specific hour-long walk or a whole workout or anything like that. I think just finding ways that you can move your body is always going to be good for your heart health and for your muscles and healthy bones and all of those good things. Um, But not everyone loves exercise, and that's the thing. You can figure out. I want to love it. Like, I hate (laughs) that I don't love it, but I want to so bad. I feel like you, like, in – the best way possible you lack consistency so you're never disciplined enough to like if you're like oh if i don't feel like doing it you're not gonna do it which is like good to adopt but i feel like for me personally i know i feel good if i'm consistently Mm. exercising but some days i don't feel like exercising but i'm still going to go even if i don't because showing up is like doing the best thing for myself even though mentally I don't want to be there but I'll feel great after it but I'm going to force myself to like go to the Pilates I don't have to push myself as hard as I normally would but showing up is like showing that I'm consistent and disciplined I do need more discipline in my life I have very 
minimal that with eating and everything too. Like I eat pasta once or twice a day every single day. And it'll be like, that's what I feel like. That's what makes me feel good. So I'll buy like all these ingredients to make like a bit of a healthier dinner. But then when I get home after a long day, I'm like, I don't feel like that though. I feel like pasta. Like that's what makes me happy. (laughs) So I make pasta. That's like good because you like you're listening to your cravings. I need a bit of self-restraint though. Come on, I can't eat it every single second. But see, like, that's where you can eat the pasta, but like can you add something positive in there? So I started making broccolini with it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Vegetable. That's fine, right? Like if you can add some veggies or add some lean protein or something to it without making it inedible. Obviously, like if you're making like you're craving a carbonara and you want to put broccoli in it, it's probably going to taste like feet. And, and then I, I won't eat it again. That. You won't eat it. You won't want to eat it. But if you can have something on the side or add something into it that you do enjoy, like when I'm making pasta, sometimes I just want a big bowl of pasta with lots of cheese on it. And I'm like, cool, I'll do that. But where I can, I'll be like, cool, can I add some lean chicken breast in there so I can get a bit more protein in today? Or can I cut up some like capsicum i love like sauteed capsicum in a red pasta sauce but if you like boil up some carrot and like saute some capsicum and then put it in a blender with your pasta sauce such a good way to get extra veggies in you literally can't taste it or like bite into it because it's all blended into the sauce i feel like a baby like that I feel Literally like a child. Like a baby, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. If that's going to help you get it in, like it's always going to be a good thing. And then you get to eat what you want as well as what you need. Yeah. Or like what is that thing? It's like um, protein pasta. Apparently there's that. Oh, yeah, the uh, Veta brand one. Pretty much tastes like normal pasta. So I will most of the time actually just buy that. There are definitely some substitutes every now and then that are like, no way that is close. not pasta that is no yeah. like but, when people do like zoodles i'm like babe just yeah. put the pasta You're in there yourself. yeah that doesn't i've been there pasta. done that like oh like oh, yeah, i remember same. some of the silliest things i've done like i've done some whack crazy crazy stuff like and now i look back at it i'm like just eat the normal you're shit. Lying. Like you, yeah. you're lying that you like it. I did so many things like that. So many things that I wouldn't let myself eat and totally convinced myself that the disgusting option was great. Yeah. Even like Halo Top ice cream. I used to be not obsessed good. <laughs> with it. It's really not. It's fine for an every now and then thing. Like if people enjoy it, that's totally fine. It's not like a problematic food in itself. But I convinced myself that I liked it better than regular ice cream. And now I'm like, I could not. You could not The texture's not for me. It's like chalk to me now. It is chalk, yeah. I was wrapped up in that, I was like, nah, this is so great. I would eat shit like that and I would tell myself it was great, right? And I'd be like, Like every meal you'd be like, this is getting me to where I want to be, so I'm just going to deal with it. Yeah, and I just got so obsessed with it and it was so sad. Like I wish I could go back to that time and like swoop myself up and be like, you don't have to do this because like I just put my body through so much (laughs) and I'm like what was even the point like I am now back to like the weight I was when I very first started my fitness journey so I lost 25 kilos and then gained it all back and then I think I'm maybe even a couple of kilos heavier than that but like I did all of that for what like I'm in my most like comfortable body now it's not my slimmest body it's not what other people would think is like the best body for me like I'm definitely curvier than I think I would like to be if I had a magic wand but also I'm like I can live my life and enjoy myself now and I'm not stressed about it and I do eat healthy when I want to eat healthy which is most of the time but I also don't like stress if I'm like you know what I do just want a big bowl of cheesy delicious pasta tonight and I'm not gonna add vegetables because I'm not stressed about it like I was and now like 
my body kind of just stays the same. Like it fluctuates, you know, a kilo or two either side, but like, I don't really have to do anything to maintain the body that I'm in now. And I, I exercise regularly because I like to, but I'm not obsessive about it. Like I used to be. And I think it's nice to have gotten to this point. And I just think like I wasted so many years doing this disgusting stuff, like eating the gross foods and being so hungry and missing out on so many fun things in life. And like, I could have skipped the whole thing and just worked on actually just appreciating myself from the beginning. Yeah. And I would have saved so much drama if I could have just skipped to the part where I am now. Did you lose like a lot of relationships in it and like friendships and stuff? Like I, when I was really in the root of my eating disorder, I actually started dating my boyfriend that I've got now Yeah, and I didn't tell him. So I had kept it from him the whole time until I was really, really sick and I was about to go to a hospital and the fact that my mum actually told him. So my mum was the one who informed him. I lied to everyone around me and my mum was like, oh, I think you like don't know, but your girlfriend is really sick. So that's how he found out. But I lied to him. He struggled with it a lot, seeing someone that he loved that was so sick that also had lied to him and kept and formed this whole lie. And that almost ruined us. Luckily, we've come back from that and we were able to work past it. But I'm not friends with a lot of, of my friends from high school because I lied to them and all of that ruined my relationship with my parents for a long time as well. Did you ever experience that? And I can say that it wasn't worth it. And like, I can reflect and say that I would go back and change it. But yeah. what about you? Did I'm you? I'm so sorry you went through that. That must have been really hard and really yeah, like made me a stronger person I guess but yeah now I can like when I was struggling with it I never reflected and realized that I was the issue because I don't. just yeah you don't at the time because you're so focused on I just need to control my food and control my body and it, a lot of the time it is down to control and so yeah it's really natural to push away a lot of people if that's the direction that you're going and I wouldn't say I alienated people intentionally in that way. Like I didn't necessarily push people away or sort of keep things from them in that way, but it's very common too. Um, you know, eating disorders are often very secretive and, and you don't want people to know what's going on. And it feels so she's very shameful. There's lots of shame and guilt and like just self hatred tied to these kind of behaviors. Um, for me, a lot of my friends, when I was struggling most also had the same kind of problems. Like when I was in the thick of it was when I was doing all of the like bodybuilding competitions. And so most of my friends did that. I didn't really have many friends outside of that. And I started to not see them less naturally anyway throughout that period of my life because I was just so focused on what I was doing. So like the friends that were the closest to me, almost like we enabled each other and it was really toxic without realizing at the time that we were kind of egging each other on to do some really terrible behaviors and so that was really hard because then trying to get out of that like I then felt like I kind of had no friends because everyone else kind of kept going on their own journeys and I was like this is this is not for me like I need to get out of these habits so I kind of lost that group of friends when I stopped being problematic and wanted to get healthy and wanted to look after myself and they kind of didn't understand that I was going through this different journey to them and then my friends who weren't caught up in that world I definitely saw them less. They started to kind of not really like invite me to things because they knew I wouldn't come anyway. Like if it was like Friday drinks, for example, 
I'd said no so many times. I'd be like, no, nope, sorry, got to go to the gym and I can't drink. I'm on this like journey and I'm like sticking to my goals, blah, blah, blah. Um, I definitely like, yeah, started to see less invites and things come through of stuff like that. But nothing that was irreparable with me, thankfully. And so all of my friends that I had before, I have now. They're all great. They all kind of stuck by me, which I'm so grateful for. But it definitely, it definitely caused problems, especially even my boyfriend at the time who was with me through most of that journey of like the two years that I was really like really stuck in it. And he towards the end was like, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it if you keep being like this. Like uh, he's like, I'm sick of freaking going to Nando's because that's the salad you can order. And I'm sick of going to grilled because you know you can track those calories. Like literally I had so few places that I would feel okay going. And it was like, only this place that has a salad or only this place that has like a grilled chicken option for me. And I couldn't go to just get sushi or be spontaneous or have a date night. And he was like, I'm done. I'm over it. And so, yeah, I mean, that kind of <laughs> didn't end up working down the track anyway for the long run. But um, it was like a really hard conversation to have with like the person who was my favorite person in the whole world that was just like, you're not a lot of fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's something I struggle with now is like my boyfriend – plays AFL so he he's very healthy and like Mm -hmm. but has such a good relationship with food but because he plays AFL we have different goals and like he struggles with putting on weight and Mm -hmm. is very spontaneous and if he eats something if he feels like it he'll eat it and everything like that and he's the one who helped me with my relationship with food but also him being in the sporting industry he has a lot of stuff so it's like different which ways and I struggle with being spontaneous like I do have to know and like I that's something I know about myself now is like I can't just like feel like going out for dinner like I kind of have to know because of my anxiety which is what, something that you help with as well do you have any tips to like help talk yourself through it or like even when one of your friends are struggling with that to like help be a support network for them like how would you offer support or help or like even if you know that someone's struggled with food or they're coming out on the other end of it, like how do you be a support network for them or how do you say no to say certain things that aren't going to trigger them or anything like that? Because it can be quite touchy in what may trigger someone or what might help. And yeah. like my sister used to struggle with eating disorders, obviously. Sam and I are very close. You always want to be able to help, but I never really know what when's an appropriate time to say something, if anything. It's really difficult because eating disorders are so shameful and so vulnerable and I think it's something that someone has to be ready to make a change and to admit what's going on and that's one thing that you can't really force people into. So it's a, it is a really difficult point being an outsider and seeing that someone is, is what you think is struggling but not kind of knowing. I find like being too direct can be unhelpful and can sometimes push people away. So the biggest thing I recommend is just to show them that you love them anyway, right? Because I think that's what, not always, but a lot of the time the eating disorder is kind of fueled by, I need to control this so I control how I look so that I can control people liking me and being accepted. Like a lot of the time, that's the narrative behind it. Not always though. And so just showing the person that you love them regardless and like, being accommodating, I guess, like if they're super freaking out about going out for dinner, like not to force it too much, but where there are like gentle nudges to do it and go, hey, it's okay. Why don't you just come to dinner anyway? And if you don't feel like eating anything when you get there, cool. We'll just we'll have a Diet Coke and we'll have a good time and then we'll go home, right? So little things like that to just encourage them into 
getting closer to normal behaviors and just role modeling healthy, balanced behaviors can be a really good thing because especially when it comes to stuff like food anxiety, I I know how scary that can feel to be like, I can't, like that was not the plan in my head of how today was going to go and I can't and I need to eat this specific thing. Usually exposure therapy is actually most helpful in those scenarios. So pushing just that little bit outside of your comfort zone each time to see that it's not that scary. So for someone who's scared of, yeah, like scared of a particular kind of food or being like, oh, I can't go to a restaurant that I can't track the calories perfectly, for example. Okay, we'd go cool. Like let's let's just go anyway and let's sit there and let's order one small thing and share it. Or let's just go and see how long we can sit with this food in front of us. And if you can't eat it all, that's okay. But like let's at least try and eat a little bit. And each time you do that, it becomes less scary. You see nothing terrible happens. You don't wake up looking dramatically different or anything like that your insides don't fall apart you don't instantly become unhealthy and so sometimes it's just practice doing those things but yeah as a friend it can be really difficult I think just being there for them and trying to like reduce those feelings of shame and guilt and like disgust in oneself like that is just the saddest thing that I think so many of us who struggle with food really feel that so just yeah loving them and being there for them and reminding them of all of the things that they are outside of their body right so highlighting to them how funny they are how loyal they are really trying to amp them up I think just kind of takes the focus away from food and body Completely. Yeah. I reckon that's what helped me the most was it like exposure therapy, mm-hmm. like what you said, like just going to the place because, again, my boyfriend lived in a house of boys and before the footy game, like they'd eat a bowl of pasta and back in the day, like I that would never be on my radar or like mm-hmm. I would never even contemplate eating that. But because I was around a bunch of boys, I didn't want to look weird and like I didn't want to be like I wanted to fit in obviously I ate it and then the more I did it I felt okay with doing that because I didn't want to like it it was more shameful to me looking like oh I don't want to eat that and being different and just sucking so, it up and having then that just sucking it up and eating it and then I realized I was like oh it's not that bad having and then I did it again pasta once a week with my boyfriend and his friends like it's is normal yeah. and like that's yeah. okay and like that's what helped me get over certain things or like everyone was like let's go to Yochi I'm like god I would never have done that but because everybody else is going I fucking have to go like I have to go because else I'm gonna be sitting at home being alone and that's not good either so it's like going to those places holy crap like I was so anxious but going there and being around people and knowing that everyone was having fun I didn't want to be an outcast in the best way like putting it lightly and I think Doing those things with people who feel safe for you is really important, right? Because you don't want to kind of double down on being outside of your comfort zone and like pushing yourself to do it with like strangers or people you've never met or like a first time event or something like that. But doing it with like, okay, my partner's going to be there and my partner knows that this makes me anxious. And so he will be there to just reassure me or hold my hand or something if I'm feeling super anxious or I'm going to OT with my girlfriends. I'm just going to let one of them know, like, you don't have to tell them everything you don't have to say you're struggling with an eating disorder if you haven't verbalized that to anyone yet but you can just be like oh I'm just feeling a little off today I'm feeling a little anxious today like do you mind just like sticking by me while I like fill up my bowl and everything and like I think that will make it a lot easier going into these experiences not feeling super alone and to have someone that knows that like this is a hard day for you you don't have to tell them why you can just say like just feeling a little on edge right now like can you just like stay with me, right? And I think that that will make it so much easier to just feel safe going into these things where 
you will see nothing terrible happens. I had a really fun time. There was no dramas. It does not have to turn into anything more than just a cute little yoti with my friends. And kind of stepping into that with anxiety, Izzy, you started suffer with anxiety badly. <laughs> I think I'm one of the most anxious people I know. I like go into a shell frequently. I'll just like turn my phone off. She won't be able to contact me for like days on end, but she just knows that I'm just not in a space where I want to be spoken to or contacted. Mm, yeah. I just went on a holiday and I pretty much didn't go on my phone like all week. I just wanted to utilize that mm-hmm. week where like there was nothing popping up that would make me stressed about anything. I'm so in my head about it. I literally, I don't, I don't even know what question to ask because it's just like this is who I am. Like, do I you have any Izzy, tips? But Izzy and I are too. Like, I'm a highly anxious person, yeah. but we're two different anxious people mm-hmm. to like provide some insight. So I say I'm a high functioning anxious person. I only realize the physical symptoms of like I'll pick my nails off, I'll pick my eyelashes, mm. I'll like scratch my skin. You're a big picker. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm anxious, but I you won't hear that I'm anxious or I won't really act that I'm anxious until I'm in my own space and then I'll be really anxious or I bottle it all up inside and I'll take it out on someone. Yeah. I'm like that, but Izzy, you can see it in her face the first second you see her, she's like I'll a shut mess. Down. She shuts down. She's like on like can't get sec- anything done. Won't want to talk to anyone. Won't one second away house. from crying. Like you can see it. Yeah. And I just it's not like I want to learn to be able to function with it. I just think I need tips for like if I'm in that moment where I do feel like I'm about to cry, I need to get out of here. Like what are some almost self-talk or little things that can just try and calm you down in that exact moment? I wouldn't even say they're my worst bouts. I think the bad parts are like the days where I'm like, don't fucking look at me. I need to be in this room alone. Yeah. Um, just any sort of advice that you could give for either of us. Yeah, I think for both of you, it probably comes down to two things. One is like needing a little bit more nervous system regulation because you're both having physical symptoms coming off the back of this anxiety. And anxiety is kind of split into two different kind of prongs. One is the mental side of things, the worry, the catastrophizing, the overwhelm and just like a, a stress in your head. But the other part is how your body actually feels that stress and whether you are flooded with cortisol and adrenaline when your body's going into fight or flight. And I think, Sam, that's why you do the picking and scratching and the fidgeting because you're so filled with all of those hormones that your body is like signaling to you to move because that's what it wants you to do when you're presented with a threat. It's like move towards the threat in fight or move away from the threat in flight. And both of those are movement based. So like it could be good when you're noticing that agitation, like get up and like go for a quick walk, right? Or do like 30 to 60 seconds of the most batshit crazy movements. It's like shake your arm, literally like shaking, like one of those things at a car dealership. Yeah, Yeah. my mum does that all the time. I just walk in and she's like, what are you doing? It's so unhinged, but it actually really works to just move through the chemicals that are flooding your body. Even just like 30 to 60 seconds of like star jumps or running on the spot, something that gets your heart rate up and spikes it and then allows it to drop back down can be a really great way to expend some of that energy. But like, Izzy, for you, I think like it's the opposite. I think that I think that you're probably sitting with the anxiety for so long and you probably have those chemicals sitting in your body for a prolonged period of time, ignoring them that you get to the point where your body then shuts down and kind of moves into like a secondary state of like freeze. So basically, if you think about like fight or flight being the analogy of like, 
you're a caveman back in the day and there's a lion in front of you, right? Like you perceive a threat, which is there's a lion in front of me, it's going to eat me. You've got move towards it, punch it, scare it away. I don't know, something like that. Don't be too brutal, but you know, save yourself by fighting the lion. That's your movement forward in fight. You have flight, which would be running the heck away from it as fast as you possibly can. But what if the lion has you backed into a corner? What if you're like, I can't do anything about this. I don't have the capability to move forward and deal with it. I also can't escape it. It's something that's in my life that I, it's unavoidable. And you're backed up against a corner. You lay down and play dead and hope that the lion will just kind of pass yeah. you by. I'm like, oh, just if no one talks you, to me. Bro, yeah. That is you. Yeah. I'm like, if I don't have to look at anyone's messages, it means nothing's really yeah. going on. If so I, I just ignore totally it, them. maybe the problem will pass me by. And when I come <laughs> that out is of the you. Cave, the lion's gone. Right? Yeah, so, I'm a hard person to get a hold of. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> or she'll be like, "You guys need to fix it." Like someone really needs to come, like right now. And I'm like, "You need to like give yourself five, like yeah. rein it yeah. in, babe." So the movement probably isn't as helpful for you when you're already in that frozen state. I think that's like the absolute last thing that you would want to do. Um, so trying to catch it earlier is honestly going to be the most helpful thing for you. Is actually noticing when you're starting to feel that because it's when you kick into that like totally over it avoiding the world kind of mode that's like the straw that broke the camel's back but there's a lot of straws that have been piling up and so I think for you like starting to notice it probably for both of you honestly starting to notice through the day and like maybe just check in with yourself halfway through the day each day how am I feeling if I take a five minute break and just like do a quick breather go sit outside and just check in around how my body's feeling if you start to notice signs of tightness and tension that's where you need to get on top of it instead of kind of waiting for it to hit you all at the end I find almost though that I'm at that level quite constantly that like I couldn't I'm like the prospect of like catching it before it begins I'm like how would I ever know like I'm yeah. up in the morning and that's the state I'm in for the day yeah, you know? so maybe you need to actually catch it first thing in the morning and do some nervous system regulation first thing before you even check your phone, before you even get out of bed, to spend like five to ten minutes doing like you close your eyes and just do a bit of like a body scan. So just draw your attention to different parts of your body. It takes literally like 30 seconds to just go, cool, like wiggle my toes. How does that feel? Yep, fine. Move your way through. My calves feel fine. My quads feel fine. Okay, I'm working up. Maybe you're starting to notice that your chest feels a little heavy or your breathing is labored. And if it's in the chest area, then we go, cool, like let's try and relax my chest by doing some deep breathing. Maybe you notice that your jaw is tight and you've been clenching overnight. Okay, can I take a couple of minutes to just massage that out and just get that back down? Maybe you feel that all over icky, on edge kind of feeling. That's your adrenaline and your cortisol and that's typically cortisol will be higher when we wake up first thing in the morning anyway. That is part of our wakeful cycle. So we're always going to feel some element of stress when we first wake up. But if you're chronically stressed, you're going to feel it pretty bad even from the second you wake up when nothing's even happened. And if you're feeling that edginess, cool. Okay, get out of bed, do some stretching, do some gentle movements. Um, and do not look at the phone. Don't look at the phone, ideally. I'm not saying don't ever because I can't say that I don't do that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I try Practice and do these other things first, but I will still, like, grab my phone and, like, have a bit of a TikTok scroll in bed before I go about my day because I'm like, I just want to and it's fun. But I've tried to make a habit of just checking in with myself first. Like, as soon as I wake up, how am I feeling? Am I anxious today? Am I not? Do I need to just take a few minutes, put on some headphones and listen to some meditation music? 
my brain works really fast. So I struggle with traditional meditation because I just start stressing about what's on for the day and I can't stop thinking about it. On Spotify, there are playlists that will either say bilateral stimulation or EMDR which is a kind of therapy that uses bilateral stimulation. There's obviously more to it in the therapy itself, but essentially it's a way to tap in a little deeper to your psyche by using the bilateral stimulation, which means like, you know, when the music moves from ear to ear and it kind of feels like it bounces in between. So those free Spotify playlists, um, that's what I will use if I'm feeling either a little bit anxious in the morning or even like in crisis mode when the straw has broken the camel's back and I'm feeling a little panicked and overwhelmed. I will just put my headphones on and it just feels like a little bubble. I really just try and like close my eyes and, and feel the music moving from ear to ear. You can pair it as well with the visualization. So there are lots of different ones, but say it's like a Sometimes there's like ocean sounds behind the music. So you can imagine when it's moving from ear to ear, try and picture a wave. Or if there's like a kind of more bouncing one, you can like picture like a little ping pong ball or a laser beam or something. And it's a really great way to regulate your nervous system. It's one of those woo-woo things that people are like, eh, I don't need to do that. But it helps. It's it like really maybe helps. waking up <laughs> yeah. like five minutes earlier and doing that before well, you yeah. go on your phone. My main thing that I've noticed that I try to implement and I know like whatever, hangover, anxiety, like self-induced, whatever. Mm-hmm. I do whatever. go into no one talk to me. Like, because everyone goes, that's your own fault. Like, blah, blah, yeah. It's like, I'm yeah, a 23-year-old yeah, yeah. girl, I'm going to drink. Like, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, I do like to be alone, but occasionally if I do actually, like, answer a friend's phone call during that day or say, hey, yeah, come over for dinner, being with another person and realizing not everyone hates me like the catastrophizing kind of like goes down when I'm spending time with other people when I am in an anxious state like if I do answer Sam's call and she's just like hey how was your weekend how are you going I'm like wait like you don't hate me she does it all the what time is happening? she's like wait so you're not mad you're I'm not like, mad at me today I haven't seen you like why why and it makes mad? it does almost instantly relieve a lot of those feelings of anxiety when I am interacting with like close friends of mine and just seeing that yes in my opinion the world's over because I had a glass of rosé last night but no one else actually gives a shit the world goes yeah, see, on. that's the hard thing with alcohol because it, it is a depressant and it does have a lot of like anxiety inducing feelings like the next day in particular. So that's such a common thing to experience. But really like anxiety at its core is kind of the fear of the unknown of the future and like an inability to control it. Like that's what we're worried about. It's like, oh, I'm worried this bad thing will happen. And also what else can I do to prevent it? Right. So when it comes to like what you're experiencing in that moment, it's that you're worried that, you know, your friends don't like you and and what can I do? Well, if I avoid them a little bit more and don't say anything wrong now, maybe they won't hate me, right? Maybe it'll go away. Yeah, if I just wait here, maybe whatever they're mad about will pass me by like the lion. But they're they're never mad about anything. Like I just, they won't have even spoken to me in a week yet. I just, it's not just anxiety that those feelings do come. It's always, but every time I am anxious, just talking to a friend yeah, sounds so small and silly, but has always really helped me. Yeah, for sure. I think like, especially when you're worried about people not liking you in the moment, like having that confirmation of like, okay, it is just in my head. Like this isn't actually happening. It's fine. But also co-regulation is a big thing, right? So if you're in an anxious state, but you invite someone over that's like just pretty calm and chill and you're just going to sit in silence and watch movies even like having a calm 
vibe around you can actually be really helpful for your nervous system regulation and like if you have a partner to cuddle or a pet oh my god if anyone has a cat like put it on your chest it's like the most don't relaxing even get me thing. started I'm so i excited. am not like the biggest cat person but every now and then when i've like visited friends and i'm just like laying on the couch and a cat sits on me i'm like why is this so relaxing because they're just like, so obsessed with you yeah, like just, they just yeah. want love it's like and they're they're <laughs> breathing onto your chest is like the it's so relaxing the purring yeah, oh, yeah. So I used cute. to have a kitten and yeah. I, every time I like get sad now or like get really anxious and Caleb my partner isn't an anxious person he doesn't get anxiety like he has like such a good mental health I'm like really envious of it but he <laughs> like doesn't understand it and so I find myself getting quite frustrated at him because he doesn't understand me and like he tries to like help me but I'm like getting frustrated because it's not helping like he always tells me that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that in this it's situation. It's like telling an angry person to calm down. Yeah, like get out of here. And so I always used to go, like, I just want Douglas here. Like he doesn't say anything. Yeah. He will just sit on my chest and yeah. he'll just make me feel better. Like I, Douglas is the cat. Douglas is the cat, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm like, I, but I find it hard to like receive physical affection or like have a hug when I'm really anxious, I'm like, don't touch me. But I don't know what he what he can do to like make me feel better. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm, am I digging myself a hole? Everyone's different. Sometimes people prefer to be on their own and regulate better on their own. And sometimes it's about like, yeah, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and how you recharge your battery. So maybe for you, like the quiet time is better because you probably have some skills to self-regulate when you're alone and soothe and, and not have to worry about it. But I think like, when someone's telling you like it's going to be okay it's going to be okay sometimes that also can feel dismissive unintentionally because you're like I don't I can't even fathom that it's going to be okay later because right now it's not okay right right now I feel not okay and that's maybe what you want to have a think about like how is a way that I can say to him because he clearly has great intentions and like really wants to help like how can you verbalize like I'm not okay right now and this is what I need like is it that you need space and that that's just the way that you work right and you just snuggle up with a cat and you're good that's totally fine if that's the way that you recoup but is it I want you to be here, but I just don't want you to talk. But, like, yeah. I just need you. Need I just don't want you next to me. It's yeah. one of those. Yeah. 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 I need to feel so, the warmth of the fact that you're sitting there, but don't yeah. open your mouth. Yeah. And, like, let me figure it out myself because you probably have the tools inside to figure it out yourself. You just need someone to be there to remind you it's a safe space, to be like, there's no lion here. Like, it's just me. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone's different. Whereas, like, Izzy, for you, I think you would probably need people to bounce off and, like, talk through it so maybe we want to work on the not pushing people away part <laughs> i'm not very good at that either answer yeah. my message yeah maybe you need just like me. a code <laughs> like an emoji or something to send to be like i need you to be soft sensitive with me today i just know not to message izzy on a sunday you can look back at all of our messages. I'll never message you on a it's Sunday. Like I usually don't respond on a Monday either. We are recording on a Monday yeah. this week and this is my, meant to be my second Sunday. So I'm feeling a bit, ooh. But even now, like this morning I wasn't feeling great. But having now been in here like chatting to two people, knowing the world goes on, like I'm going to go home and I'm not going to feel like that anymore. I yeah. feel a lot better. So thank you. So I saw that in your Instagram you work for Kick app, mm-hmm. like Kick. Yep. Um, what do you do with Kick 
I love Steph Claire Smith. Um, I literally have the biggest girl crush on her. She's amazing. So what so do you well. do in that realm, like also being a counsellor, as, as you said? Yeah. What do so you do for... I- I am a strength and body confidence coach for Kick. So I have a series of my own workouts on there that you can do along with me. They're like follow along masterclasses. Um, they're pretty good vibes. So I've been told people really enjoy them, which is good. They always seem to be in the little trending favorites of the community. Um, so I have, yeah, a series of workouts. And then I also have a series of meditations and affirmations mostly around like self-love and confidence and kind of working on yourself so that's what's in the app so far there will be some more workouts to come that I've already filmed that I'm waiting to drop like a new round but yeah I've loved working with them over the past like year or so and the community are so amazing and like Steph and Laura are just the most beautiful humans like truly as nice as they God, come across sent from socials, God. which is They're like best infuriating that they're so perfect yeah <laughs> you're like, like what is wrong what's a, yeah, a red flag there's yeah gotta be, there's gotta be something but there's not they're just like the kindest the whole team is so lovely um so i feel really blessed to be part of that it's really exciting and Amazing. if people wanted to find you where what are your socials what else can you offer people to have a little bit more help like yeah give um, a shout out. everything will be probably best found through my instagram so sammy rose s-a-m-i um I have like counseling sessions I also do a little bit of coaching but if you are wanting to work with me and you need a little bit of help I have a link in my bio where you can book a free consultation and we can just chat through what I can do to help Um, mostly I do specialize in body image and disordered eating a lot of binge eating Um, that's primarily what I work with but also quite a lot of anxiety I do broader counseling as well relationship troubles pretty much almost anything um, oh you can do everything what's wrong with you yeah oh, that's <laughs> your red flag <laughs> it keeps it fun throughout the week I think so that I don't do too much of the same conversation all at once but I work online so all of my sessions are zoom so it doesn't matter if people are interstate which is really handy for me and also if people are in Brisbane I also do walk and talk therapy sessions, which is so fun. Oh, Just like walk I by the river that. for an hour. Yeah. It's so nice. And it's great for me too to like get out of my office. So I feel like that's so smart. Yeah, people really great. need to do that more. That's yeah. great branding. Because yeah. like you feel good because you walk and you got the endorphins. You're fixing whatever mental What's problem, up there, whatever yeah. you've got going on. That sounds Amazing. great. I want to do it. Yeah, it's fun. Well, thank you Good so day. much, Sammy, for coming on the Just For Girls podcast today. We really appreciate it. I think we both learn a lot. You've Bit helped. of a shared therapy session for us. I very much enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. I'm leaving feeling a lot a lot better. better than what you came in. Yeah. So and I feel like it just makes you feel less alone and knowing that young girls aren't alone in the thoughts and in their own head has been amazing and you're doing amazing work for young women, women in general, you all. So thank you very much We're for coming very on the podcast. Grateful. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to hear how you go if you use the little bilateral stimulation. I think oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I might actually give that a go. Yeah, Dude. I will give it a go. I've written it down. Great. Thank I'll you so much for coming on. Thanks, girl.